Dun, 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 dun. And we always start with some very clear picture of where we are in that moment. Oh. Hello, everyone. <laughs> We're in a da 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 moment. Hi, Auntie. Hi. Hi, everyone. Welcome to <clears throat> Evolving Us. This is episode 25. We have done 25 whole sessions of us just talking about all kinds of nothingness and somethingness and everything in between everything in between we also secret covert he he last week we recorded an episode that is like it's not like a 24 to 25 it's like a covert episode that shares a lot of really amazing things that are about to be revealed so this is officially episode 25 let's get down to it i'm ashley i'm julia jules and uh, together, we're going to be having a conversation with each other in witnessing of you and support of you and uh, experientially involved with you in this really powerful topic today. So today we're talking about sensuality and intuition and how it pertains in specifically the area of the the conversation around femininity and divine femininity and what all that looks like to amplify that part of yourself, regardless of the gender in which you present, um, the feminine part within you and how that part is a direct pathway to amplifying that part, to creating more connection with your knowingness, with your truth, with the present moment, and with all that that part of us has to offer. Yay. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I think we should take a few breaths before we get started. I'm just feeling I was, that. I was hoping you would say that. Oh, good. So do you want to do it or can 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 you do it for me? I was hoping to receive, but I mean, since Damn you're it. asking. Okay, okay, okay. You know what happens when two people become super empowered to ask for their needs? We're all like, give it to me. I receive. And you do, in- how about you do it now and I'll do it at the end? Great, great, great. And I receive is actually like the greatest mantra of the feminine. It's a hard one to do, but it's incredibly healing when us in our feminine can say, thank you, I receive. So today you're all just going to receive, and I'm going to receive the vibration that moves through this experience for us to ground for a moment. So if you're like driving a car or doing something that requires your entire focus, please stay focused on that and just assume the vibration of grounding. But if you are in a space where you can close your eyes and just take a moment, let's do that together, feeling the ground underneath us. Take a big breath through the nose, filling up your whole body. And then softly exhale through the mouth, feeling the air leave. Again, breathing in, letting nourishment, presence, all the way into the center of the belly. Open mouth, exhale. Just feel yourself also letting go of anything else that isn't serving you in this moment. Anything that might feel like protection but is really keeping you hostage from the softening it feels oh so good from the inside out and so as we sit and tune in right now can we just pay attention to our senses 
What does it feel like to breathe that next breath? What other sounds do you notice in the room that you're in? Is there light behind the eyelids or maybe you have a soft gaze somewhere? And is there anything weighing on your heart or head right now? Just observing the fabric, the texture of that energy, becoming increasingly more and more present with just what's here, what's right now. Breathing in. Flutter your lips. And then gently rub the pads of your fingers across each other. And then bring a little movement into your body that's gentle and subtle. Feeling yourself slowly coming back into the space. Here and now. That was nice. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> It's like I resist slowing down so much, even still, even with everything I know to be true about it. But Why do you think that do, is? That's a good question. But I was going to say is that when I do, I'm like, who? Who? <laughs> All right, let's get down to business. We're going to talk a little deeper about what it looks like to get closer and closer to the most expressed version of your feminine. I like to give preframes. I think they're important so that people feel honored as they listen to us converse and throw around just simple ideas that ideally evoke a deeper thought process in the way that we interact with the world and the energies we have inside. So I'll start by saying when we talk about masculine, feminine, a lot of times we'll refer to it as man, woman, like, oh, us women have this or that. And we're referring to the feminine. And then like, we want our man to in the masculine, but the masculine feminine energies exist within all people, all things. And every single person has a different masculine or feminine dominant quality in which they resonate and express their own best selves and their own truest authentic nature through. And so whether you were born as a biological male or a biological female and you present something different or maybe you're in a same-sex relationship, a lot of these innuendos still refer to the polarity that exists in every single relationship no matter what is the sun and the moon, the logic and the feeling, right? The doing and the being. This is what we're talking about in the masculine feminine conversation. And while today is specifically geared a little bit more towards the feminine, we're talking a lot about um, unraveling the protected energy that can exist in the feminine that keeps us from our ability to listen to our intuition through our senses, through the present moment, through intaking, letting our system guide us into what feels good, what doesn't feel good, spending more time lingering in the space, understanding how to transmute 
impulses in the body, urgencies in the way that we feel in certain days, um, the energy in which we manage in our boundaries and our relationships. Like how does all of that play into the way we interact with our inner voice and amplifying it or suppressing it, right? And that's where we really use this energy of the feminine to connect with something that allows us the space to hone our magic, to use the feminine qualities to express into the world, to give back to the world, and to um, really use the parts of us that are deeply creative and powerful and nurturing that get hindered when we spend time in defense and protection and shutting off and shutting down and staying disconnected from our emotional center because we think we're too much or we're not enough and all of these other things that come up with it. So I'll just pause there. What are you thinking, Jules? I was just thinking about the connection of the two words, honestly. So like to me, intuition means that like you're really connected to your senses and you it's like you can't have one without the other type of situation. Um, and I was just thinking that the more in tune, well, the more I slow down, the more I'm in tune with what's actually going on and like the minutia of like the moments and how it resonates with the feeling in the body, the closer I've become to understanding and and following my intuition. And I know that that's like a big trait of the feminine. Um, And I, I know that I've worked really hard to not necessarily hone in on the feminine and like, not it's not about choosing one or the other but i think it's about a balancing of everything that is presented in your life you know it's i mean the feminine and masculine energies exist no matter what you are who you are it's just a part of like life nature and all of the if you look at the makeup of our environment it's like these are balancing energies that exist everywhere right so for me, these these words and this topic, um, I was just thinking about how it relates to me and where I'm sitting with everything now and how um, getting to to where I am with with what these words mean to me has been a huge, you know, work in progress and it still continues to be um, an evolution. So, um, yeah, I think like, the emotional evolution of our internal world is completely connected to how we express and how we choose to investigate the witnessing of what's going on. Yeah, completely. Thank you for saying that. And I love what you said about like, whether it's amplifying the feminine or this other perspective that, you know, I think we'll talk about in personal experience today is um it's like instead of becoming something else we're unbecoming all the things we became along the way to become more of who we actually are and that's what the journey back into the feminine is and in this specific example of what like I'm excited to offer today is just this idea that you know there, there there are a million different pathways we can go based on our life trajectory based on how we were met as children based on, you know, the resources that we have, the access we have to different types of support systems, et cetera, et cetera. You can go on and on. But the ability to <clears throat> to to soften 
in a world that felt unsafe is oftentimes the core principle of what happens when that wounded masculine or wounded feminine energy presents. And so whether when sometime in our life we were hurt, whether that presented as our response was wounded behaviors such as neediness and insecurity and judgment and criticism, like whether that was the symptom of that or the symptom was protection and aggression and bulldozing and anger and resentment and not trusting others and all of that, right? Like whatever avenue we took as a result of like being hurt at one point in our life. Those are the way, those are like ways that our pain is expressed when it's unresolved and unseen and unmet and unwitnessed. And so I find that a lot of times the journey back into the feminine as women is this very interesting intertwining of the mother wound, safety, security, self-resourcing, interconnection, amplifying our inner voice, and coming home to ourselves. Because there's this infinite expansion that happens in a woman's life when she does embody the true expanse of her femininity and isn't white-knuckling everything. Because here's the thing is that like, there is a superhuman power that the feminine can carry just as the masculine. And they're not even comparable because it's like apples to oranges. And so when a woman steps into, say, like a really intense workspace and they're trying to get in the battlefield in a masculine energy and they're disregarding the parts of themselves that are their superhuman, you know, skill sets, such as you know, being able to lead intuitively or letting your emotion or your compassion give you the opportunity to meet people differently as a manager, like disregarding those parts of yourself and trying to be good at things that maybe are not rigged. Your audio cut out. Oops. You're back. Yes. What was the last thing you heard? I don't know. It's like we walk in and we want to embody skills that like are not really in our natural creative flow and essence and way of doing things. And then we get frustrated and angry and shut down because we are, we feel like we're out of tune or we're burned out or we're doing things that don't feel good for ourselves. So like the way that we mitigate this, because I don't want to say that women shouldn't be in the workplace and da, 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 da. Like I don't, I want to mitigate this by just saying that the divine feminine, like our essence of being able to tap into that infinite source of that left body or that that left body sensualness, that right brain, um, being able to feel and be artistic and creative and have that that already superpower empowered, strengthened. It's like it's like a fish trying to climb a tree, right? And the way that we show up powerfully in all the areas of our life is to tend to that part of ourselves. So in order to strengthen your intuition, meaning your knowingness, you have to ask the voice inside that's been trying to talk to you that you've been disregarding for a long time to get louder and then say you're willing to listen. So if you have an internal signal from your body of like, I don't want to go out tonight, but you make yourself go out because you feel FOMO, that sets off an inner war. If you have a project or a client or an interaction with a boss when like there's something going on that you know like inside you're like, I don't think I can make this deadline. I'm going to say yes to people please so that they like me and they think I'm going to be okay and then blah, 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 blah. You're setting off a war inside. Even if you make that person happy, even if you do these things that you say you want to do, there's a war inside happening when we when we hear the inner voice and we say, not now. 
And so the way we amplify our intuition is by listening when the voice speaks and taking it seriously. <laughs> so much there around like not abandoning yourself. Um, that's what's coming up for me. And I think that, you know, in, in these conversations when we're just talking about like in a way, like ideal state, right? Like you can't be all all one thing or another, right? Like you can't be 100%, 100% of the time. You're 100% today is different than yesterday's 100%. And it's like, I think that when you're, when what you just said for me took an XL out of me, um, which is my body regulating. Um, <laughs> and it's totally welcome. Um, for me, it was just like kind of feeling a little resistance towards the parts that, you know, didn't know better um in the past for me and i think like the the charge towards the wounding and like feeling like you know when you're talking about fomo or being in like a, a masculine dominated like you know environment like the workplace where you do have to like show up and hone in on skills that you're kind of like unlearning for for some of your life too i think for for me personally in in experiencing these um this like learning that there is another way there is a more satisfying way to uh, savor life and that you don't have to choose one way or another what comes up also is kind of like this residue of like remembering parts of me that I've had to heal and that like you know it's totally fine they have a, a place at the table too but there's also this like grieving and accepting you know, parts of you that didn't know better until now, and that's okay. And I think the conversation around this, you know, as people listen, whether they're, you know, people that are doing certain levels of work in the community, or, you know, if it's like some random person that they just like chose to listen to this episode randomly, which nothing's random, it landed in your lap on purpose for this exact reason at this exact time, because you're ready to hear this information. Um, I think there's also this message that I want to get through that is however this sits, this information sits with you and whatever you want more of, go towards that, not, you know, away from parts of you that don't emanate what you're going for and what you want to exude, right? So I think there's also this conversation around um accepting the parts of you that didn't know better accepting that those pieces the residue the wound the residue the wounding it doesn't go away it just you know becomes smaller as you choose to amplify what really you know resonates with you in this moment and going towards sensation going towards sensuality and being more aligned with your intuition takes a lot of work in different parts of your life and different versions that you are. And it has everything to do with healing and everything to do with looking at little you and doing, you know, inner child work and doing all of the pieces that lead us towards like more liberation, more happiness, more joy, and more freedom. And so what I'm trying to say is like, you don't have to choose anything. All you have to choose is what feels aligned for where your expansion is today. 
Love that. So many nuggets. So, so, so many nuggets. I also love talking about the shame piece because I think that's just so essential for any type of growth is like welcoming in the part of you that didn't know better. But I also want to rewind more, 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 more because I think it's easy to talk about intuition of like, okay, are your actions lining up with that which you're trying to invoke? Are you showing up the way you want? And like, what, how do we even get to like, what is it I want to invoke? Shit, I don't know. Like sometimes we're at the point where we're kind of like just seeing certain things for the first time and there's this delay. And I found as I've moved deeper into this work of going from unconscious to conscious, like that that awakening piece of something that I strive to move towards every day and, and it's a full lifetime journey and assignment. But um, I find that that journey involves a lot of slowing down as I started this call by saying, I always like resist slowing down, but that's really where the magic is. It's slowing down and making time for, for things and spaces and, and allowing curiosity because curiosity takes shame off the table. It's just like, I'm interested in what did that version of me as a woman or as a little girl or a teenager or a young adult, what did that version, what was I looking for? What did I need in that moment that I didn't get? And so as we get curious about those needs, we can start to uncover some of the reasons why, and then notice how either the trajectory of our journey has given us other ways to meet those needs. And that's like a moment of gratitude, praise be, or we realize that need is still there and it's being expressed and met in a way that's still unhealthy. And there's something else we can do even more supportively. And then still the shame starts to subside because you're like, oh, wow, but I, I'm showing up for myself in this now moment. And so let's break down what like the base of intuition is. It's like, if I ask you right now, like, would you eat a chocolate chip cookie? The answer is yes or no, <laughs> right? Like, I mean, it could be a yes. It could be a no, no judgment, right? But like, you know, would I want to have that in my hand and take a bite out of that right now, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, it's like yum or yuck, right? Like we, we look at that expression of Liam, our God kid, <laughs> and he, uh, when he was two, some days he liked avocado and some days he didn't. And it was either a yuck or a yum and he either took it and ate it or didn't. And that's a two-year-old knowing his intuition. And for us, in the, in light of the shame conversation, how do you rupture to repair with yourself when you make mistakes of like doing something you've done and look at the shame as more of an opportunity to get curious and then start to evolve that into being on your own team, being in your own corner and letting yuck and yum guide your experience. So you show up to something and you're like, that didn't feel very good. Right? You get home at the end of the night. You're like, eh, I feel like shit. Whatever it is, right? Like you go hook up with someone or maybe you go out to dinner. Or maybe you go spend time with a friend that you were kind of weary about. Or maybe you, you know, spend time around your family when you're not resourced. Check in. Oh, yuck. Right? Or was it? Yum. I actually feel good. What is your felt sense after the experience? And so without judging or saying like, that's good and that's bad. It's just like, I'm taking a temperature check of each of these experiences. It's giving you collective information about yourself because that's your response system. And so something like, like, let me give you a more hard example. When I was, when I had a falling out with my dad, it was really painful. I was like, really, I was a young adult and I felt like I really needed him and he didn't show up for me. And everyone would tell me like, you need to forgive because forgiveness is more for you than it is for him. To me, that felt like a yuck. That doesn't mean that they're not right. 
it means that my intuition felt like it was unsafe and I wasn't ready to do that just yet. So instead of disregarding me and saying, oh, I need to do this because everyone else is telling me, and then I sit in a cycle of resentment, I just trust myself and I just say, you know what? Let's wait another month. Let's wait another two months. How about we check in on this later? What do you feel like still angry about? How can I sit with that in like meditation practice or make that sacred and just like put some eyes on it and some love into it? Right. And then I'm not making myself wrong. And again, going back to battle, back to war with myself and my intuition. It's like inner resourcing. Mm -hmm. I was just thinking when you're talking about shame and everything that you just shared, I was just thinking about how just like sometimes it's like you don't know what you don't know, right? So the curiosity piece is a really good um, tool and suggestion and, and resource because I think that sometimes, at least in my experience of like the evolution of understanding myself, sometimes it's like, okay, like, I show up this way. This is my defense mechanism as a result of like, you know, certain things that happened to me in childhood, little T trauma or big T or big T trauma. And so sometimes I found myself just being like, oh, I get why I'm I'm showing up this way. Right. So step one is like understanding and making a connection and being like, oh, wow, like that thing that happened when I was a kid is showing up now. And this is like an expression of it. Like, and that feels in a way it feels good. Cause you feel like you're getting some like answers as to why you're showing up in a way or like, you know, why your shame shows up in certain instances and stuff like that. And then I think the next step is also applying that, right? It's like, okay, like shame will never go away because it's just like part of this human experience, just like many other emotions. And it's like, how do I work with these unpleasant emotions, whether it's like, you know, big or small, um, very painful or just a little painful, but instead of like not wanting to be in that sensation, what's been really cool, interesting and empowering for me is like, applying it right so it's like you're sitting with it and also you're not like step two is kind of like I'm not trying to not feel that but I'm trying to like sit with it and go deeper into how do I like apply this and also make like make my suffering less because I'm accepting that like this is a makeup of my life and also it doesn't mean that like I can also choose to go into another emotion once I'm done sitting with this and sitting with this could be five minutes. It could be five days. It like depends, right? It depends on what the instance is and how big of the feeling um, and how new it is and how many times you've explored it. You know, it's like there's so many layers to this thing called life and so many layers to the healing process and so many layers to our trauma that, um, you know, when, when you talk about shame, I think it's like a really, I don't know, for me, it doesn't like sit well in the sense that it's hard to look at sometimes and that's okay. 
like I'm not special in the sense that I know I'm not alone in this. But for me, that word and what you just expressed sent me on this like entire tangent of like, you know, why is it like that for me? And how do I move with it versus away from it too, you know? Yeah. What I, what I hear from that is just that shame working with shame is about how much you're honoring Mm -hmm. the shame and what it's trying to offer and tell you. And so repairing and rebuilding our relationship with our intuition is making room for even the parts of us that we're, we're not willing to look at because they have wisdom just because we don't like what a lot of times our inner voice is saying doesn't mean that it's not valid. And so again, that's that war from the inside out that we create when we disregard the wisdom. And of course we would feel ashamed about that because you're abandoning yourself for the needs or regulation of somebody else. Mm-hmm. Powerful piece. And even how shame, let's just like tie it back is how, how shame impacts our sensuality as women. Right? Like being disconnected from our bodies, being disconnected from our intuition because of the shame piece where whether it's using our bodies as a tool to get something, playing back into that wounded energy, not listening to our intuition about what we need or what we're willing to accept or what works for us or what doesn't, but instead having like ourselves very goal oriented, which is like masculine trait of trying to capture something or get something, doing something for love. It's a very masculine trait. So it's like we come in back, back into that energy of not just sensuality because like sensuality is gets a bad rap and, and we can get there later. But as we talk about sensuality as a healing tool is how are we allowing the intake of our senses in this present moment to inform us of what's moving through us instead of what we're stuck inside of. When we're in this spiral of worrying about the future, freaking out about the past and like projecting that space, we're not in the present moment. So it's like hand on heart, deep breath. All of a sudden you're right here. A little more access to what's present. And again, even that can feel challenging, but the more we practice it, the more we do it, the more we have access to what's underneath it. And so the sensuality piece becomes like, wow, this is a superpower. When I am amplifying my inner voice and I am decreasing the need for others to validate me in order to feel enough, I can tell what's a no and I can tell what's a yes. I can tell what's a yum and I can tell what's a yuck. And then instead of expending energy trying to figure out my place in life, my place becomes a solid ground within myself that can move intuitively from my calling allowing the world's reflection and feedback to give me the opportunity to grow based on what feels good, what hurts, what doesn't like I'm using the pendulum swinging as like a tool for receptivity and integration of feedback and building my relationship with the world instead of something that's ping ponging my nervous system into protection. Right. It's like becomes a dance versus a trying to get something or trying to keep something out. Well, Going into flow is like such a part of that and just surrendering to, I I don't know, for me, it's like a very visual um, depiction. It's kind of like the checklist versus water, you know, it's just kind of like our strength lies in so many places, but it's just like how you're choosing to apply what's in front of you versus like 
you know, white knuckle it and be like, I have to do this versus what, what, where am I most valued and, and resourced right now to apply myself versus I have to do this because this is on my calendar or whatever, you know, insert here. I know we all have responsibilities that need tending to, and I'm not minimizing that, but I also think that that to-do list gets, um, it gets done better when you are more resourced and when you are in flow and that's when you are at your best self. And it's like, how can we each day wake up and be like, what do I actually need versus, I mean, I'm guilty of just like waking up, looking at my phone, looking at things that don't even need my energy, but I'm looking at them. Like, why am I doing that to myself versus giving myself an opportunity to go into maximizing my gifts? You know, it's like a work in progress for everybody. Totally. Thanks for saying that. And I'm considering in my mind of what a full, what that embodied fullness of the divine feminine looks like when it's led by intuition, when it's led by the the sensuality of like that Shakti energy, like in the yogic space, we've got Shakti and Shiva and it's kind of like this spirit, this flow, this moving, this dancing, this reverberation, this rajasic, this expansive, this, you know, energy of movement. And if you think about sometimes the way you feel around people, like either there's like an inward or an outward and that's all, it's super measurable, the quieter you get. And so as we focus on this um, upheaval of the Shakti energy, it's like creative flow. As you said, flow is creation, the divine feminine. When it's embodied, it's like there is no second guessing. There is no insecurity. There is no what do you want for dinner? It's like I'm craving this. This is what I want. This is what my body doesn't want that. I want this, right? And being able to just not only let that voice be heard, but let it be heard on the outside too. Like that embodied intuitive self is like asking for your needs, not expecting them to be met. Like this is, let me tell you how it is. Let me outline this. Let me be clear. Let me be, um, you know, expansive. Let me not doubt that I'm too much when my, um, when I need to emote, when there's explosion, when there's movement, when I need to cry, when I need to feel it's like the bravery of that embodied feminine is the same bravery that sits deep within the center of sorrow and grief and celebration and joy and ecstatic bliss and pleasure, right? Like the embodiedness of that feminine is pleasure, joy, nature, spiraling energy, um, beauty, nourishment, ever giving, right? Like it's like breastfeeding, like, like giving nourishment, milk, giving life, giving creation to projects, walking in and like dusting things and making them beautiful. It's like, that is that that like ness and it's it's about the senses it's about tuning into how to make things feel a little bit more soft around the edges and acceptable and forgiving and flexible and malleable and able to repair you know able to sustain unconditional expansive and that's the energy that that if you are mostly resonant with feminine, like when you embody that energy, if that feels really good for you. Whereas for example, someone that is, you know, more embodied in the masculine, it feels better for them to be something like a protector or someone who gives structure and containment and reflection and a doer, right? Like there's different angles we can approach it. But if you're someone that 
feels the most yourself when you're embodied in your feminine, it's like take all the shit off your plate that isn't that. Or at least create time every single day to feel into the embodiment of that. Because if you're like, I don't even know where to start, like at least spend some time with yourself thinking about it. Five minutes a day, 10 minutes a day. Take your hands on your body and just be like, okay, what does it feel like to just have my hands on my body to just hold myself? Right? Like I'm not sitting around waiting for some man to figure it out and come hold me. It's like I'm literally just feeling the presence of my hands and there's some magic in that. And there's a deep presence and accountability of inner resourcing when you just decide like I'm going to spend some time with myself here. What are those inner needs? Oh, I can do that for you. Let me show myself that this is a place that's safe that I can trust. So that I can lean into not only my intuitive wisdom, but act on that intuitive wisdom to be there and support myself so that the most sensual, buttery, flowery, expanded, silly, playful version of me can be expressed in this lifetime that I live. Yeah, when you're talking about that, I'm just thinking about like how most people like don't even want to sit down and meditate because they don't really want to sit with themselves, you know, and it's um, we've talked about this many times, like even on other episodes, how meditation has kind of been like a new discovery in a way to, you know, really hone in on so much of what we've talked about. And I think that it's, I mean, you don't know what you're going to find, right? So it can be scary, um, but you're always presented exactly what you're ready for. And so that's beautiful and terrifying at the same time. And surrendering into what is and just accepting to look at and just like witnessing whatever parts of you are ready to be revealed and healed and looked at while that sounds intimidating I'm sure at the same time there's so much relief that comes with sitting with yourself and you know, you can see results immediately, even if you just like start learning how to connect with your breath and feeling your actual life force fill you up. You know, it's like it like <laughs> the goal of meditation isn't to be a monk on the top of a mountain, even though like that sounds great and nice. Um, but I think that applying resources that are literally available to anyone at any moment like that's been the hardest thing to like consistently implement, I think. I mean, not anymore, but in the discovery of, you know, the the unlearning or the discovery of unbecoming things, identities and feelings, roles that were like not even mine to begin with it all started with meditation. And I was just thinking about as you were talking about everything about like the feminine and the masculine and 
you know, this entire conversation, I was just thinking about the evolution of, you know, the work and the programs that have been, we've provided throughout the course of even just like year over year. And I was just thinking about all the, you know, women's programs that have like, there's been such an evolution and obviously it's a direct reflection of, you know, who we are and, and our, our work on ourselves and, and everything. But as you're speaking about all this, I was just thinking about, you know, the, the birth of, of the work specific to women's work and how that even sent both of us individually and collectively into our own discovery of, and evolution and growth of where we are today. That that's, a part of it's not like we've arrived to anything like next chapter it's like we're continuously fostering and growing and and paying so much attention to this essence that like we're we're defining it in, into these terms but it's just like behind the screen behind the the words there's just like so much so much experience that you can't even mm-hmm. put into words right there's been so much discovery beauty sorrow grief um joy there's there's it's like it's all of it and it's just like thinking about where we are today there's so much you know pride in thinking about how we're having this conversation and i'm sure in a year from now whatever conversation we're having it'll be like oh god can you believe we're talking about that and what like thinking of that version but it's like the versions need to be honored and and seen and witnessed in order to, you know, keep going. Hmm. Yeah. Lots of reverence, lots of honoring. So much of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I also want to talk a little bit about like the cost of disregarding your intuition. And, um, sometimes I feel like a broken record with like my, you know, just recent transitions because there's so much in it and I'm still unpacking so much of it, but I just kind of want to go back to certain moments that I remembered, like, for example, um, in my relationship that like my body, my functioning system, the way I slept, the way I eat, ate, the way my body interacted with like food and my bowel movements and my period, like all the things that came up in my body as a result of me feeling unsafe in my relationship. And I don't mean my, my ex was unsafe or my partner was unsafe. He was a really incredible man and still is, but the, my ability to feel okay in the container of him, because I was abandoning myself so much, like my intuition was completely cut off, not his fault, but that, that combination of things made it. So my body was like rejecting feeling okay in living in it. And so even though I was teaching movement practices and was really on my game and doing a lot of beautiful things for the world, like I was at war within myself. And this story is going to come out soon because we have a lot of other surprises and things coming out for you guys soon. But I spent a long time because my internal programming was like, if you want to feel seen and acknowledged and loved, like you need to do something that's like, wow, right? Like you need to validate me or make me feel good or whatever it is. So I was constantly trying to seek in order to feel okayness within myself. So that manifested in the course of my life. And then it increasingly got worse in my relationship because instead of just listening to my intuition and asking for my needs, I was so shut down from it because it felt unsafe. 
me becoming a burden or presenting a need that made anyone inconvenienced felt more unsafe than creating a space for myself so that I could feel actually safe, right? And so in my relationship, I didn't even give a chance for my ex to like meet me because I was so shut down from mine, but my existence was anxiously trying to make sure that he was always okay. And so my body was like, yo, this is not going to work. And it was like, I was willing to do anything to make it work rather than listen to my, like my inner self. And so, I mean, there's so much more on that, but I just want to emphasize that if there is something that you're like fighting with over and over and over, it's like, thank God your intuition is still taking gasps of breath while you're stabbing in the fucking heart until you're ready to like step back and listen. You know what I mean? Cause I did that thing and not just in that relationship, but in many areas of my life of like, you do, we do these things over and over and over. And it's like, that voice is like, yo, yo, yo. And everyone around you is like, yo, yo, yo. And you have to just kind of, until you're ready to make the shift, you'll make the shift. And your body is probably talking. Your inner voice is probably talking. So wherever you feel the most discord in your life, is an opportunity to listen to your intuition and create some inner bravery and resource for yourself, some inner containment, some inner support, some inner, like be your own inner masculine. Like what would you need to hear and know if you were from the perception of that hurt girl or that hurt little girl, that teenager, or wherever version is feeling hurt, what would you need to hear, think, know, feel, and experience? And can you just give that to yourself for a moment? Creating that. Can you just give yourself that for a moment? And in that space, you learn to really show up for yourself and you learn that there is space for your needs. You learn that you can ask for what it is that you want. You learn that it's important to be your most authentic self. You learn to not set off wars inside because of self-abandonment and instead listen to your intuition and move forward with bravery, not step back into fear. It's so crazy that you just shared all that because... I was literally just thinking about when you're in tune with your intuition and you're not abandoning yourself and you are slowing down and you are honoring your needs that it's like literally in every little detail of your life and all the little details of each sensation and each part of you. Right. And when you were talking about um, just your lifestyle and, and how you, you know, weren't really honoring certain things. It just made me think about how, I mean, I've had a lot of different um, experiences with, you know, my body from just like being a woman and, and giving birth and just like different experiences that I've had within this body and accepting it. But I was just thinking about how innately what feels good to like nourish myself and how I'm like, that is kind of a non-negotiable for me and how I just identify with those needs. And it's like, it took so long for me to actually listen to things that felt good from nutrition to movement to just like the makeup of my routine. And I think that like these things come naturally now because I've, I've, I've listened to what works and I've implemented ways to 
honor all of it. Right. But I think that everything that you just said is, you know, just made me think of how our intuition is abandoned when we are like not willing or are, we're just like so shut down that we can't even listen to the pieces of us that are real. And we decide to, you know, go externally to meet our needs when actually our, all we're seeking is our own validation and approval and, and, um, being seen by ourselves and how that is like such a huge major shift in your life when you do, um, recognize that that is something to, to invest in and to work on and, and taking all those little steps that are actually like result in a really big change in your life, you know, and you're like, Oh, actually like going back to your offer of the cookie earlier. It's like, actually, I'm, when you said that, the first thing I thought about was like, I'm not hungry right now. So my answer would be no, no matter how delicious the cookie may be. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's like, you know, a lot of times we don't even like look at the cookie and we're like, oh, it's a cookie. It's delicious. Of course, I'm going to eat it. And we don't even think about like, oh, wait, hold on a second. Is that honoring my need right now? Is that what my body wants? Remember last year, I would have this like tagline, my body doesn't want that right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Just made me think of that. Yeah. Uh, a lot of interaction there with the intercommunication of, of what the body needs. And I was thinking too of like noticing the difference between what's a yuck or like a no and what's like a trigger that should be looked at. Mm. So like, here's the example. If you're like, oh, I don't like peanut butter, right? Like you don't feel adverse. You're just like, I just don't like it. So I wouldn't drink a smoothie with it in there. But if I'm like, oh, if you make like a smoothie that has spinach in it, it reminds me of an ex that made the spinach spinach smoothie every day and now I'm triggered and I don't want to look at that, right? It's like, that's the difference between I'm impartial and like, oh my God, there's activation there and there's something to work with. And so that's a good pillar too to like pay attention to with the intuitive work is, am I being like triggered? And so it's my, my intuition is like, oh my God, stay away from that person. It's like, no, is this more of an invitation to learn something about myself? Whereas my intuition might say, I don't want to be around a person like that because maybe they have certain qualities that feel unsafe to my lifestyle. You know, there's like a lot of different layers to it. And I think sometimes if, if you've been gaslighting yourself your whole life, building your your uh, voice of your intuition sometimes takes a little practice. So I invite you to be playful with it and not take everything super seriously as you work into just listening to that inner world more and creating that channel. Um, another thing that I know we have to talk about before we close out this episode is just the somatic work. Like if you're intrigued or hearing about anything in the somatic world, um, somatic experiencing, polyvagal theory, uh, there's a lot of like catchy somatic breath work out there, but a lot of it starts really comes down to the nervous system, nervous system activation and stress response and how it's interpreting trauma, small or big, and um, how that activation can show up in the nervous system in present time, regardless of something that happened. So like trauma or activation is not in the event that it happened. It's in the, it lives in the nervous system now. So it's a way of working with the now nervous system to release any, um, kind of like overactiveness or under um, paralysis in the nervous system, fight, flight, freeze, and working our way, whether it's through movements or breath or soothing techniques or breath work or um, using ground or senses to reorient and rebuild 
our neuro connections around safety and certain experiences that might make us feel threatened otherwise. And that practice is very about intuitive wisdom, about um, using our senses to somatically use the mind-body connection to see like where am I feeling what and how can I work with this in um, a flexible way to bring me into resolving tension or clenching or or things in the body and, and the system that maybe don't serve us anymore. So that's a good way to um, build this skill. Um, I think like the sensuality and even sexuality topic in the divine feminine conversation could be another one we'll do in a few weeks. Um, cause I'd love to talk to you guys more about that. And Jules and I have such a great time when we talk about stuff like that, cause we have a lot of fun, um, in that world. Uh, but I want to bring it back to just the, the idea of slowing down and amplifying our intuition and, and what that looks like. And, um, so in our community, we have tons of live stream classes that we do, meditation, breath work, lots of other stuff. We've implemented a, a, a format called somatic practices and it's moving, shaking, breathing, exhaling, throwing, pushing, squeezing, rounding, um, grounding, feeling our bodies. And so that's kind of like taken its world through evolving in our community. And it's it's been a really powerful way for us to all slow down and amplify our intuition. So we're starting, it's actually starting tonight. I don't know if you'll hear this episode in time. We're doing a 12 days of somatic self-love practices that include meditation, breath work, lots of other fun stuff. Um, and it's one practice every single day that brings you back home to yourself. And it just makes space from all of the distractions and the demands in your life. And it just requires you to be present with what's available in a supported, contained, and held way. And so Jules and I are leading that program along with um, a couple of our other teachers on our team. And we'll be offering, again, a range of of different practices. But this is the first step that's leading now into in January, we're going to be doing a lot of work on sensuality, like feminine sensuality. So we're doing a hybrid program in person and online on that. And the idea is to meet in a room where we can be in our bodies, move in our bodies, breathe in our bodies, and feel some of the amplification of getting our bodies more receptive, getting our minds more receptive to that intercommunication with ourselves and our intuitive wisdom through that feminine space and reclaiming our strength and power and femininity and actually healing those wounds, like actually going back for those parts of us that are maybe still shut down, protected, disconnected, discombobulated, defensive, aggressive, needy, hurt, and just being there for ourselves in that, in community, with guidance, with support. So um, if that's something you're interested in, you can always you know reach out to our team. We're happy to make sure that you guys have info on it. But um, Jules, is there other things that come up for you in the somatic world that you want to add as it relates to this subject? No, I think you covered it. I mean, yeah, it's a great, it's a great direction to go into. I think like in general, it's a great resource that if you've not explored it, I mean, definitely look into it, come join us. It like, it's again, it's a subtle yet expansive practice that really makes a big difference in your experience of of life and, and of your healing as well. So I think that, um, my only thing to say about somatic work is that it's really great and it's a great addition to, you know, all of the work that we already do. I think it's just like an amplification of self. 
For sure. Thank you for saying that. It's, it really is a powerful way to slow down and to just increase our capacity for the things that would otherwise dysregulate us or take us off our game or off our truth. And it's really a safe space to hone in on creating inner stability. So I'm glad that we have the opportunity to share time and practices like that um, in the healing space and everything in between. Hmm. <laughs> I'm like, what has an open mouth exhale done for you today? So much. <laughs> well, thank you guys all so much for tuning in. Um, I know with us over Zoom, it's like a totally different experience versus being in the same room. So thanks for just sitting in on this conversation. We'd love your feedback and you know, to hear your thoughts or any aha moments you had today. And we'll be scheduling a lot more of these so we can have these interactions with you live in person or at least on the line. Um, and we're really excited to continue to make space in the world for a little more intuitively operating, powerful, feminine, divinely guided loves in this world. Yes. Double tap. Double tap. <laughs> All right, guys. Love you. Bye. Bye.